0: Acts 10. Luke 24 and Acts 10. So if you grab both of those, you can just remain seated, please. Hallelujah. Luke 24 and then Acts 10. When you get there, just say amen. 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 All right. If you find in Luke 24, we're going to go to verse 49. 49. this this correlates with acts chapter 1 you realize the same person that wrote luke is the same person that wrote acts yes, right luke the physician and so he's writing both of these accounts to a man uh, Theophilus right and so where luke 24 ends acts 1 picks up but i want you to see this here in luke chapter 24 verse 49 it says behold I send the promise of my father upon you. Everybody say upon you. upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Until you are endued with power from on high. Can you say amen? amen. Okay, now let's flip over to Acts 10 <coughs> and verse 38. Acts 10 verse 38. These are both pretty familiar to you, right? Okay, Acts 10, 38, it reads this way, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So notice it says God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So I want to use tonight just for the subject anointed with power, anointed with power. Father God, thank you tonight for the word we're about to receive. I pray that each person that's gathered here and those that are gathered around their televisions, their computers, their cell phones, whatever they're, they're using to, to view us online, that God, each person will be impacted by the word of God tonight. I pray that God, your word, as it goes forth, it will not be hindered or checked by any outside force, that God, your word, will flow freely, have free course among your people, Lord, be glorified among your people, and that it will bring to us the everlasting change that you send it to produce, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Amen. And amen. Now I've been talking about the anointing here for the last couple of weeks, right? And so I've told you that that the devil is afraid of you. Tell your neighbor, the devil is afraid of you. you. (laughs) Now he's not afraid of the flesh you. The flesh you does not intimidate him. I don't care how muscular and chiseled you are. The flesh you does not intimidate the devil. I see some of you guys flexing. <laughs> but you, your, your flesh does not intimidate the devil. But the anointing you is what intimidates the devil. Do you understand that? And God has placed an anointing upon each and every one of us that makes the devil shake in his boots. And the only reason why we don't operate in the fullness of that anointing is because of ignorance. We don't know what we have. Or we're waiting on feeling something. And I'm going to make sure you know tonight, if I have time, that you don't have to wait to feel anything, that you are anointed, that the anointing is on you. You're walking in the same anointing that Jesus walked in at Acts 10.38. Everybody says it's the same anointing. same anointing. Say it again, it's the same anointing. same anointing. Now, the devil's afraid of that anointing. You remember in the book of Mark chapter 5, Jesus gets over there to a place called, called Gadara, Remember that? Acts 5, he gets over over there, comes out of the boat, and there's a man there who's full of demons, and he falls down and worships him, and Jesus deals with the devil and casts the devil out, and that man is set free and goes and preaches in ten cities. He becomes a regional uh, preacher because he's been delivered from a a legion of demons, right? But do you remember what happened before that? At the end of the fourth chapter of Mark, when Jesus told the disciples, hey, let us cross over to the other side. Now he knew where he was going. He knew he was going to Gadara and, and, and I'm sure by the spirit he knew there was an assignment for him there in Gadara. And the devil knew that if Jesus made it to Gadara his jig was up. So what did he do? He sent a storm. He sent a storm to, to try to deter Jesus to try to stop him from making it over to Gadara. Because he knew if he got to, to, to Gadara he was anointed and the anointing on Jesus Christ was enough to overpower all the devils that were in that man are you hearing me so if you wonder why the devil wonder why you're coming under attack if you wonder why things are happening in your life if you wonder why storms keep coming to you it's because the devil knows that you're anointed and he knows if you can get to where God's leading you to go then you're going to bring down his kingdom The Bible says over in 1 John, I think it's chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible says, for this reason, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That he might destroy the works of the devil. So he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And you are manifested to destroy the works of the devil. So the devil is not intimidated by your flesh. He's not intimidated by your theology. He's not intimidated by by your comprehension of scriptures. He's intimidated by your revelation of the anointing that's on your life. Do you understand that? Everybody say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Now, we know Jesus Christ was anointed, but let's show you another place in the Scripture. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. Let's look at the Apostle Paul here. I want to show you, that's just here a pattern, a track record where the devil does this to people. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 17. <clears throat> it says, But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in presence not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, time and again, which means over and over and over, Paul said, I was trying to get to you. Y'all are not listening. Over and over, Paul said, I was trying to get to you. But you remember the, another place the Bible says, uh, Paul said, I was trying to go somewhere and the Holy Ghost hindered me. The Holy Ghost for, forbade me. The Holy Ghost wouldn't let me go to Bithynia and so forth. That's how Paul ended up in Macedonia. Uh-huh. says, because the Holy Ghost wouldn't let me go here and I thought I would go here, but the Holy Ghost wouldn't let me go over here. Now, that's the Holy Ghost forbidding him because he had an assignment for him somewhere else but here in 1 Thessalonians uh, Paul says I was trying to get to you in Thessalonica he says but Satan hindered us No, I don't know if y'all get it I know you Holy Ghost filled sanctified word of faith prosperity people but Satan will hinder you Oh no, Satan can't hinder me. He hindered Paul over and over again and Paul was pretty anointed. Paul was a man who visited heaven. I mean Paul Paul's resume is probably more extensive than any one of our resumes, maybe all of our resumes together and yet the ho- yet the devil hindered Paul's movement. Well why? why would the devil hinder? Paul's movement. Why would the devil hinder Paul from getting back to Thessalonica? I'm glad you asked. Let's look at Acts 17. Let's look at Acts 17. Glory to God. Let's see what was happening in Thessalonica. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 17. Let's see what it says here. Are you there? Verse 1. Now when they, this is Paul and his, his uh, company, when they had passed through Amphip- Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, got it, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths, that's three weeks, reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and, explaining and, explaining and what? Dem- See, there's a difference between just talking and doing. Explaining and demonstrating. See, by power, we give witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right? So he was, if, if, the, if all he was doing was just simply explaining, he would have been no threat. But he was not only explaining, he was demonstrating, come on, that the Christ had to suffer and rise again. He's demonstrating the power of his resurrection here from the dead. And saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul. Can I read verse 4 again? And some of them were persuaded, this is the Jews, okay, and watch the other side, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. That means the prominent women of the town went, were going with Paul. They're getting saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, walking in the power of God. They're leaving all their Gentile stuff. They're leaving all that Greek stuff. And they're, they're serving the living God. Y'all see this. Verse 5. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. He's looking, they're looking for Paul. You got it? So they sought to bring them out out from the house of Jason. They attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Verse six, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city crying out, watch this phrase. These... Who have turned the world upside down. So, why was a devil trying to hinder Paul from getting to Thessalonica? Because Paul had a reputation. And all the early church had a reputation of everywhere they went, they turned the world upside down. Why? They were anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost and when you're anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost, everywhere you go, you have the power to turn the world or turn somebody's world upside down. Oh, y'all not saying anything. I don't know if you understand what you have. I don't know if you understand what you're carrying. You have some power. You have the anointing to turn someone's life upside down and make it right side up. Because when you find folk and they're sick, you find folk and they're depressed. You find folks and they're, they're anxious. You find people and they're, they're poor and they're, 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 all, they're all discombobulated. Their lives are upside down because that's not the way God intended for his people to live. But you come along with your kingdom word. You come along with your kingdom power. You come along with your anointing. And what you do is you turn their world upside down, which makes it right side up. Tell your neighbor, you have, you have that anointing. Now do me a favor, Get, put, put verse 6, please, in the Living Bible. Verse 6 in the Living Bible. Verse 6 the Living Bible. Glory to God. Look at what it says. Not finding them there, they dragged out Jason and some of the other believers and took them before the council instead. Paul and Silas have turned the rest of the world upside down, and now they are here disturbing our city. I don't know if y'all get it. They're disturbing the city. You have an anointing to disturb cities. I'm going to come over here. I said you have an anointing to disturb cities that we can take St. Petersburg and what has become the status quo, what has become the norm of depression, what has become the norm of immorality, what has become the norm of religion and tradition, what has become the norm of people being settled, what what has become the norm of false religion in this city. You and I have the anointing to disturb the whole city. Do I have anybody ready to disturb St. Petersburg? Do I have anybody ready to to disrupt the whole government, disrupt the whole plan, to disrupt the devil's force? Anybody ready to turn this whole thing upside down and make it right side up? Why don't you give God a shot about that? So we can disturb cities. (laughs) That's what Peculiar Nation is going to do. We're going to disturb some cities we can disturb a city, you can at least disturb, disturb a high school. You can at least disturb a middle school. You can disturb elementary. You can at least dis- disturb... How, how about if we disturb Bayfront? Hey! 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 What if we disturb St. Anthony's? Uh-uh. What, if, what, what if we disturb... Uh, MacRay Funeral Home. What, a- what? What if we disrupt their business? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. No, no, I ain't crazy. I'm talking about the anointing that we have. I like Smith, Funeral Homer knows all the people, but you know, we can disturb the whole city. Hallelujah. 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 That's the anointing we have. Jesus said, I'm, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. Luke 4, 18, 19. Y'all know that? Kill a broken hearted. What is he doing? He's turning things upside down. He's disturbing the flow of somebody's wrecked life. And he said, the anointing is on me to do that. And you have the same anointing on you to do, the same, to do that very thing. Are you with me tonight? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm trying by the Holy Ghost to pull you off the bench. I'm trying to pull you off your comfort seat of, of, watching, of watching others move in their anointing. We're blessed to watch people move in their anointing, but you have an anointing. I said, you have an anointing. You're not anointed to watch. You're anointed to do. I said, you're not anointed to watch. You're anointed to do. You're not anointed to be a cheerleader. You're anointed to do. Y'all got this here. Now, let me move on because I want to get to this here. I showed you in 1 John 2 20 and 27 right, you have an anointing. First John 2.20, you have an anointing. First John 2.27, the anointing which you have received. And I've showed you the anointing is not just for the fivefold ministry. It's not just for mature believers. Remember he goes to verse 18, little children. That it means literally little young children but it also means immature believers. So you don't have to be saved five, ten years, twenty years, to walk in an anointing. Y'all got it? You read the, the, the ninth chapter of Acts, I believe. Where, what script, scripture is that? Where When Paul gets born again. Right? And he gets saved. He gets filled with the Holy Ghost. Ananias lays hands on him and the, the scales come off his eyes. And the Bible says three days later, he's there preaching, proving that Jesus is the Christ. <laughs> three days later preaching and proving Jesus is the Christ y'all got this here so this is not just for people who are fivefold ministry with the collars around them and gold chains hanging off their neck dropped in their coat pocket we're talking about people who are just born again filled with the Holy Ghost walking with God you have an anointing Galatians 3 27 says this for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Y'all got it? Now, Acts 10.38. Because you need to know that the anointing is the power of God on your life. The anointing is the power of God on your life. Are y'all listening to me tonight? The anointing is the power of God on your life. The Bible says in Acts 10.38 that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and power with power and he went about as a result doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So the anointing is the power of God. You understand that? The anointing is the power of God. Jesus went and he got baptized and he was filled with the Holy Ghost but then he went off in the wilderness 40 days tempted by the devil the Bible says in Luke 4 right around verse 17 or so it says he returned in the power of the Spirit. He returned in the power of the Spirit, which means now he returns with that anointing resting on, on him. Y'all got this here. So this anointing that's on us is the power of God. Y'all got it. Okay. Now, Luke 24, 49. Luke 24, 49. I'm moving quickly because I'm trying to get somewhere. Luke 24, 49. Look at what Jesus Christ says here. Because I want you to see not only is he anointed, but you are anointed. With the same anointing, Luke twenty four forty nine, Jesus says this. He says, "Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, upon you, upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high." Now I grew up in the Church of God in Christ, the Grand Old Church of God in Christ, and whenever we heard the word tarry, we knew what that meant. If they said we're going to have tarry service, we knew this was going to be long drawn out. Brother Jermaine, you remember that. How many of y'all know about Church of God in Christ or any kind of Pentecostal denomination like that? When they said we have a tarry service, that means you're going to be down at the altar, either standing or kneeling or laying, rolling down, and you're going to say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You're going to keep calling on Jesus Christ till you at the mouth, pass out, black out, or you start speaking in tongues. You're going to tarry. One of these, you're gonna do something. And if you didn't get it tonight, come back tomorrow night. We're gonna tarry again. And if you didn't get it this week, come back next week. We're gonna tarry again, because you're gonna keep tarrying until you receive the Holy Ghost. We didn't know what Luke said. Just, just ask him, and you receive. Hallelujah. We thought you had to, you had to like work up, work up the Holy Ghost. You just, you just keep saying that fast enough till you just. We didn't know that you just can ask him and he'll freely give you the Holy Ghost. So I found out, when I, when I became a pastor, Pastor uh, Caleb, I know you're doing this now, I've been doing this at your church, you know how you gotta break down those myths, things that we were taught, and once we start getting to the word ourselves, we find out, well, that's not what the Bible said. And so when I became a pastor, and I start digging into the word to teach uh, on a on, you know, regular basis like that, I start, say, "Well, wait, the word tarry doesn't mean get on the altar and go Jesus, 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 Jesus. The word tarry means wait. It just, it just means wait, right? Everybody say wait. wait. So that means, in fact, if you, in fact, you look it up in the Greek, it literally means to sit down. That's actually what it means. it means. It literally means just sit down. So sit your tail down and wait on the power. That means don't go running out there trying to, trying to cast out devils and you ain't got no power. Wait on the power. Tell your neighbor you, you got to wait on the power. Hallelujah. Because you'll run up on a devil and a devil will run up on you. Come on now. Hallelujah. I know it sounds exciting, but boy, you, get, you better be ready with some power. Can you say amen? amen? And so he says, Wait. He says, Wait until you. Uh, in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high now that word power you know, many of you know it's the Greek word dunamis dunamis depending on what side of track you come from dunamis which lo- look at what it means it means strength power it means ability it means inherent power inherent means part of you power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature power residing a thing by virtue of its nature How many understand you are made partakers of God's divine nature? So since you are now of his divine nature, there's a power that is residing in you because of your new nature. I got three yeses. There's a power that is residing in you because of your new nature or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Notice the last one here, power for performing miracles. That's all in that definition. Power for performing miracles. So that power for performing miracles is on the inside of you. It resides on the inside of you. And Jesus says, go there and wait until you be endued with this. Now, he's, we know he's literally telling them, go and wait for the Holy Ghost. For the promise. The Holy Ghost is the promise. But he says, wait there until you, bought, you are endued with this power. So the Holy Ghost doesn't come for goosebumps. And the, watch this, watch this. And the Holy Ghost comes with more than tongues. Shout out! The Holy Ghost comes with more than tongues. Oh, I'm glad I'm speaking in tongues. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad you're speaking in tongues. I'm glad you have your prayer language. But he didn't come for prayer language. The prayer language is for you, but the power is for somebody else. We can get all caught up and happy. People just caught up and happy because they got their tongues. And ba to the fact, to the point that they'll even try to show off their little tongues. I know y'all have never seen that, but people will try to show off their little tongues. ba. ba 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 They try to show the little tongues. Wonderful you have tongues. But he said, wait. He didn't say, wait until you be filled with tongues. He said, wait until you be in due with power. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. I said, glory to God. Said, glory to God. Listen, do you know Elijah and Elisha never spoke in tongues? But they walked in power. Do you know Moses never spoke in tongues? But he walked in power. Are you hearing me? So you and I have the advantage of tongues and power. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank God for the tongues. We want the tongues. Tell your neighbor, we want the tongues. But we need power. So he says, go there and wait until you be endued with this. Power. For performing miracles. Now the word endued, listen to this very quickly. Listen to this, because I'm talking about the anointing that you have on you, right? The word endued comes from the Greek word enduo, enduo, which means, listen to this, to sink into, such as clothing, to put on or to clothe oneself. So he's not, this goes beyond wait there until you be filled with power. Wait there until you be, to experience power. He says, wait there until you now are dressed in it. You sink into it. You 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 know how we like to we like to put on nice fitting clothes and you know proper proper clothes. He says this power is is it it it, it fits you. You you wear it, you put it on. It's it's a next watch this. It's it's a it's a a level above your skin. It's it's you you put this outer covering, you wear it everywhere you go. This is not put on, take off. This is put on and keep it on. So you're wearing this anointing. Everybody say I'm wearing an anointing. In fact, if you look at that same verse, uh, Luke 24, 49, in the Amplified Classic, it actually says, wait in Jerusalem until you be clothed with power. So you're clothed with power. Everybody say, I'm clothed with power. power. Hallelujah. Now, you may not see it. You got to catch that. You may not see it, but it's on me. So you can't judge me by what you see. You got to catch that. You got to catch that. Because I'm going to show you something here. So you can't judge a person by what you see. You can't look at a person and say they have no no anointing. Because they're clothed with it. It's invisible. But they're wearing it. Y'all got this here. Now don't forget that. Because I'll come back to it. You got it? Yes, sir. Okay, now, 2 Corinthians 1 2 Corinthians one I'm moving somewhere because I, I, we got to do something here. 2 Corinthians one twenty one. Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Okay? So he's established us with you and has anointed us. So I'm established and I'm anointed, I'm established by God, and I'm anointed by God, okay, give me that in Amplified Classic, please, Amplified Classic, see what it says here, but it is God who confirms and makes us steadfast, and establishes us in joint fellowship with you in Christ, and has consecrated us, and anointed us, in doing us with what? The gifts of the Holy Spirit. So he's talking about when he's anointed us, he's endowed us or endued us with the gifts of the Holy Ghost. So gifts are on you. I don't know who's getting this tonight. Gifts are on you. The anointing's on you. The anointing comes with gifts. You remember 2 Corinthians chapter 12, right? Or 1 Corinthians chapter 12, right? About how there are different manifestations, different administrations, different activities, but it's a self-same spirit, or we can say the self-same anointing. So we're wearing an anointing, but my anointing may look different than your anointing. But it's the same anointing, and I have it. I'm wearing it. Everywhere I go, I don't take it off and leave it in church. I have it everywhere I go to the restaurant. You got it? Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Hallelujah. Okay, go to 1 Samuel 10. 1 Samuel 10. Because the anointing transforms you into a different person. I said the anointing transforms you into a different person. See, what I'm trying to do in this message tonight is get you past the flesh. Get you past what you see, what you feel. Because the anointing supersedes all that you are in the flesh. The anointing transforms you into a different person. I'm going to show you this here in Scripture. 1 Samuel 10 verse 1, are you there? then samuel took a flask of oil samuel is the prophet took a flask of oil and poured it on his head not his own head this is saul saul is going to be the first king of israel he poured it on saul's head and kissed him and said is it not because the lord has done what anointed you commander over his inheritance when you have departed from me watch this today you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of of Benjamin at Zelazah and they will say to you the donkeys which you went to look for have been found and now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you saying what shall I do about my son verse three then you shall go on forward from there and come to the terebinth tree at Tabor there are three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you, one carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, another carrying a skin of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hands. I can preach that later. Verse 5. After that, you shall come to the hill of God, where the Philistine garrison is, and it will happen when you have come to the city, listen to this, that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place, with a stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Verse 6. Now remember, he's been anointed. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into... He said, when the Spirit comes on you, you're going to turn into somebody else. You're not going to be the same soul you were a few moments ago. When the anointing comes on you, when the Spirit of the Lord comes on you, you are no longer that natural man. You are living a reality within a reality. You are walking in a power that comes, that's inherent, that's been lying dormant, that you have tapped into and allowing that power to move in your life, and now you're turning to somebody else. You don't get it. When the spirit comes on you, you are not that timid shy person you normally are. You are not that that person who 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 uh, uh I'll say this. You you might stutter in regular life. But when the anointing comes on you, the words will flow like rivers. Because there'll be a boldness that'll come on you. There'll be a confidence that'll come on you. There'll be an anointing that's on you that makes things flow easily. No, y'all don't get it. When the anointing comes on you, you might not be able to hit all the keys when you sing. You, you, I mean, you might go between two, three, four different keys when, in normal, but the anointing. When the Spirit comes, y'all better hear what I'm saying to you. Because I want you to prepare yourself for the Spirit to come on you and you to walk out and be something you've never been in your life. He told Saul that when the Spirit comes on you, you're going to be turned, transformed into another man. I want you to get ready to be somebody you've never been before. So you'll do things you never thought you could do before. And it won't be you. It'll be the Spirit on you. Don't get life twisted. Don't, let, don't get it bent. It will be the Spirit of God on your life. And then he says in the next verse, verse 7, he says, and let it be, and let it be. Y'all didn't get it. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion of man is, for God is with you. So when the anointed comes on you and God tells you go lay hands on that one, just let it be. When God tells you, grab that dead person on, on that bed, just let it be. When God gives you a word of knowledge and you say, that don't make any sense, just let it be. Because it's the Spirit of the Lord that's on your life. It's the anointing. It ain't you. This don't make any sense. That's, it don't make sense. It ain't you. It's the Spirit of the Lord that's come on you, that's activated you, that's moving you to do something that you could not and wouldn't dare do on your own. Y'all see this? Okay, I gotta keep going. Gotta keep going. Go, go, to, go to the book of Judges, Judges 14. Book of Judges, chapter 14. Hallelujah. Because you, when you minister under the anointing, it's not just you, and it's, in fact, it's not really you, it's the Holy Ghost. And I need you to make sure you understand this, that it is the anointing. It is the anointing. It is the anointing. It is the anointing. anointing. How many of y'all know you're anointed? anointed. How many of you know you're anointed? Come on now. I don't see but three hands. How many of you know you're anointed? anointed. anointed. Okay. You got to know this. You got to know this. Because what God is doing right now, what God is doing, what God is stirring in my heart, what he's stirring in this church, he needs a whole army to do it. Well, we need to bring Saxon in town. We're we going we gonna to get him here. But God can't wait on Saxon. And Saxon ain't the Holy Ghost. He can't be everywhere at one time. But when we all, you know in the book of Acts chapter 8, when the Bible says when, when the, that persecution came, they all went everywhere, they scattered everywhere, and they all went preaching. And the Bible says, except the apostles. Acts chapter 8, right around verse 1. They, they all went out preaching everywhere, except the apostles. That means just the regular members Right, they there preaching. They're out there working miracles. I'll tell you, maybe he's talking about you. Judges 14. Look at Judges 14. You remember this man, Samson? Judges 14, are you there? Verse 5 and 6. Look at what it says. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. To his surprise, the lion crept up on him. Verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Now, how many of y'all know we have an adversary, the devil, who goes about, goes about as a roaring lion, and he going to creep up on you. But don't freak out, because at the right moment, at the right time, God's going to let the Spirit come upon you mightily, and you're going to tear him apart. It says he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat. In other words, in other words, this lion got torn like, you know, in other words, a young goat must be pretty easy to tear apart. I don't know. I never torn a goat apart, but I figured the Bible said he tore the lion apart like a young goat, it must be pretty easy to do. But the lion was no different than the goat. Though he had nothing in his hand. Though he had nothing in his hand, not by might. Not by power. How many of y'all know the Bible? Not by might. Not by power. But by my spirit. He had nothing in his hand. In other words, this was nothing the flesh could do. The spirit came upon him. The anointing came upon him. And he tore it up with his, nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. So how did he do this? The anointing came on him. Everybody say the anointing came on him. Look at chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 14 and 15. Chapter 15, verse 14 and 15. I'm going to show you now. And listen, and Samson wasn't even a New Testament believer. He didn't have half of what you have. Chapter 15, verse 14. Hallelujah. When he came to Lehi the Philistines came shouting against him Then the Spirit of the Lord came up, came mildly upon him. Now the Philistines, a whole group of them coming against him. But the Spirit came mildly upon him and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire and his bonds broke loose from his hands. Switch to the, uh, the good news. Switch to the good news here. Verse 14 and 15. Hallelujah. When he got to Lehi, the Philistines came running toward him, shouting at him. Suddenly... The power of the Lord made him strong. Now, that's important because every idea, every picture we have of Samson is that he's some muscle-bound Hercules-looking fellow. Everything you see, he's some thick, muscle-neck guy like he's, you know, Venice Beachbody kind of guy, like he's, you know, Mr. Universe. The Rock. Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day. Lou Ferrigno back Y'all Miriam, i talking about? Now, come on. Come on. Sorry, Lee Haney. How many of y'all remember Lee Haney? Well, Lee Haney. Yeah. Big old guys. And that's the picture in our mind. But the Bible says that the power of the Lord made him strong. The power of the Lord made him strong. So he was not naturally strong. But the anointing. The Bible says, be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And notice what it says. And he broke the ropes and around his arms and hands as if they were burnt thread. Verse verse 15. Then he found a jawbone of a donkey that had recently died. He reached down and picked it up and killed a thousand men with it. A thousand men? Doesn't your Bible say one will chase a thousand? Doesn't your Bible say one will chase a thousand? But God's got to be your rock. You read the scripture in context, God has to be your rock. If God is your rock, one will chase a thousand. Two will put 10,000 to flight. If God's your rock. See, so if God's spirit comes upon you, then you can chase a thousand. Y'all got this here. Okay, now let me get to the crux of this thing here. I'm already past time. I got to get this here to you. Okay. The anointing isn't a feeling. This is what I want to get to. The anointing is not a feeling. Now, you may at times feel the anointing. How many of y'all have ever felt the anointing? Okay. But God doesn't want you operating on a feeling. This is so critical, ladies and gentlemen. This is so critical. This is so critical. This is, this is the biggest thing I want you to get this week. That the anointing is not a feeling. You may feel it, but it's not a feeling. And if you don't feel it, it doesn't mean you're, you don't have it. Because if you wait on a feeling, then you'll miss it. Okay? In Judges, look at Judges 16. Let's go one more place. Judges 16, 18 through 20. When Delilah saw that he had told her all of his heart, they're still talking about Samson here, right? Y'all, y'all still with me? I'm going to get y'all. I know y'all got to go to school and work in the morning. Just watch. When Lila saw that he had told her all in his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines saying, come up once more for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Keep going. Keep going. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. Okay. Okay. So now people think Well, the strength came from his hair, but that's not what it said. It said, then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. Got it? Now watch what happens in the next verse, verse 20. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, watch this, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But watch this. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Not his hair. See, Christians caught it because it wasn't a feeling. See, if it was a feeling, when he got up, he would have known, well, I don't feel anything. That means all of the times before, it wasn't a feeling, ladies and gentlemen. It's just something that he knew. You got to catch this, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't a feeling when when it was on him and he didn't feel it when it was gone. It said he did not know the Lord had departed from him. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'll say that. That means there are people operating now who think that they're (laughs) <laughs> they don't even know the spirit left them because they, they sing so well the people still get moved or, 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 or they, they preach so eloquently the people still jump up and cheer and run around the church and they don't know the spirit left them because it's not a feeling now you may feel it at times but don't rely on feeling the anointing to know you're anointed. Pastor Caleb, I was talking. I think that was Tuesday, or Monday, or Tuesday. I think yes, it have been Tuesday. We were talking, and you were talking about when uh, Brother Saxon was ministering Sunday night. That was Monday, and he called you up to come and minister with him. And what'd you say? I ain't feel nothing. Did y'all catch that? I ain't, I ain't feel nothing. Now he gets up here, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm ministering too. And he gets up here, and he lands. And people just, whoo! And he, he, don't, he don't feel nothing. And I know, I've already testified to you that there have been times when God has called me to minister, and I ain't feel a thing. I don't feel nothing. And yet, God is moving in people's lives. Because what we've learned is, is that it's not what we feel. It's something that we know. We know that we are anointed. And when you know you are anointed, you just walk in what God has told you to do. Just do it. Remember, Jesus said, he said, my father in me, he does the works anyhow. Y'all got it. Okay, let me, let, me, let me show you a couple more things here. Let me show you a couple more things. So listen to this. So whether you're ministering or receiving, there's no feeling necessary. I got to say that to you again. Whether you are ministering or receiving, y'all better catch this, that, next, that last part, or receiving, or receiving, there's no feeling necessary. For we walk, by, we walk by faith and not by sight. Sight is all natural senses. Whether you feel it, see it, taste it, touch it, smell it, we walk by faith. So if I'm ministering and I don't feel the anointing, just like he said he didn't feel the anointing, it doesn't matter what I feel. I, when I lay my hands, I'm releasing by faith what's on me. And by the same token, if I'm up here to receive, and someone lays hands on me and I don't feel a thing. See, some of y'all, you better catch this. You better catch this. You better catch this because the devil has tricked believers into believing that nothing happened. Because you got in the sick and shut in a sick healing prayer line and the man of God, woman of God, lay hands on you and because you didn't feel a tingle go down your spine, because you didn't feel heat go to that point where you were sick, you said, well, nothing happened. My brother, my sister, that is alive from the pit of hell. If they laid hands on you, the sick shall recover. It doesn't matter how you feel. We walk by faith and not by sight. In the fifth chapter of Mark, when the woman with of blood said, if I may but touch them of his garment, I shall be made well. The Bible never said she felt his virtue. All it said was she felt in her body that she was healed. She never felt virtue. The Bible never said the warm, radiant heat came all over her body. And we do that many times when ministering healing. Well, what do you feel? Am I right about it? Yes. Any of y'all have a minister healing of people? Yes. Well, we, I got to get all of y'all doing it. Yes. I mean, you minister healing, we do. Hey, well, what, what do you feel? What does it feel like? <laughs> what, what do you feel? And what we're doing by that is we're bringing people back to natural. And I understand sometimes God has to work with that person's faith to build a faith, or particularly if there's a working of miracles going on, God has to go through that process. But for the most part, we don't have to do that. We don't have to go and, well, what do you feel? Because, in, 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 thank you, what we're really trying to do is satisfy our own self. Okay, is, is this working? Y'all missed it. Is, is, this, is this working? Is it really happening? Oh, come on, Jesus. It's almost like playing in the dice. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. This is really working. See, he said, Jesus said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, period. He didn't say they're going to feel anything. Get up here, oh. Come on. all right. They they're gonna lay hands. Okay, I don't feel nothing. So, um, okay, let me just go to my seat. Cause I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel nothing, Reverend. Or maybe I give you a courtesy drop. <laughs> let me help you. If you understand the anointing, it's not a courtesy drop. It's a yielding drop. See, I'm trying to help your sanctify religious self. It's a yielding drop. When ten lepers came to Jesus Christ, hey, we want to be clean. He said, go your way show yourself to the priests. They didn't feel a thing when they first walked away. But as they went, some of you, as you drop, you're going to get healed. As you drop, you're going to get a revelation. As you drop, you're going to see things. As you drop, God will come on you. So stop getting up here and locking your knees. ain't going down unless I feel something. There are times I have had hands laid on me and I didn't feel nothing at all. But I still went down. Because I'm believing. Y'all ain't saying, I know y'all don't like this. (laughs) I see you messing with my whole theology. I went down because I, I believe I've received something. And Most times while I'm laying there, all of a sudden, whoo, here comes stuff. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I didn't feel nothing, but oh my God. Because it's not a feeling. And if you got to wait on your hand to heat up, oh, I got to wait on my hand to heat up before I lay hands. Put up Matthew 9, 27 through 30. Read this and I'm, we, can, we, can, we can quit. We're going to do something. Matthew 9, 27 through 30. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Verse 29. Then he touched their eyes, saying, If you can feel it, let it be to you. If you feel something, you'll be healed. If you feel something, you'll have your sight. No, what did he say? He said, according to your faith, let it be to you. And what's blocked so many believers from receiving is because they are waiting to feel something. I'm, 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 I'm disturbing the city right now. I'm disturbing the seat of your soul right now because some of y'all, your soul is like, oh, I want to hear that. I'm telling you what's been holding you back. There are people I have come and I've laid hands and released prosperity on you. And the problem is you didn't feel anything. So you said nothing happened and that's why you're still broke. Because you're waiting to feel something. <laughs> Glory to God. So tell your neighbor you don't have to feel anything, and I don't have to feel anything. But that does not mean that nothing's happening. If I do. What God tells me to do, do. something happens. happens. (laughs) Y'all got it? Now, who has the anointing? Okay. All right. Who in here right now, you have pain in your body? Pain in your body, you need to be healed right now. have pain in your body, stand to your feet. You have pain in your body. Pain in your body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you got pain, come stand right up across here. Pain in your body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, I got to go down. I'm not telling you got to go down. What I'm saying to you is, you don't have to feel anything to be healed. Mm-mm, I I don't. uh We're good. I'm good. All right. If you got pain, get up here, cause you're about to get healed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. You up here for the pain? All right. Get in line. I need y- y- y'all line up. If you got pain in your body. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Are you in line? No. So twelve. <laughs> All right. Twelve up here for pain in the body. Now I need twelve anointed people. Because I'm not doing it. Uh-huh. See, I'm anointed. See, some of y'all ain't moved. I need 12 people who know they're anointed. See, I'm training you to do this.